0: Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're serving hot, fresh food 24-7. We are in the week of the NFL Draft. It's Monday. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert spoke today, annual pre-drafting. Moan, it's real. It's finally here. Finally, Almost. man!
1: All of the lists and mocks and projections and critiques and what's another adjective that we can use? Uh, Kuipers, hypers, 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 and and, and and all of the expert analysts. Uh, yeah, your time is done. The week is here.
0: Now, for the only one who who has a right, I think at this point to proceed for all 365 days is Todd McShay. He he's the one that really stands out at That's this point. True. You know, uh, that's I, true.
1: I give you that. It's not gaslighting with him, it feels like.
0: It's it's the real deal. And anybody who gets the top seven picks in a row, including the trade that mm-hmm. was executed with the team that moved up, which yep. he did last year. Yep. Hats off, man. You you can have draft day three hundred and sixty five. You know <laughs> he's earned that much, man. Uh, and
1: I agree with you too. I do like Mache. He 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 doesn't have much to sell when it comes down to, to him doing his job. I'll give him that much credit. Everybody else it seems to be just entertainment when it comes. No, down to Now he's not a hot this.
0: taker. He's actually he, just doing the job. There's a difference, which is boring, right? <laughs> right, which right, is right. Boring. But what is accurate? It's actual information.
1: Yeah. You know what I've always heard when it becomes boring that's, that means you're doing it right. So that that in itself especially when it comes down to the job or skill type of labor that means you're doing it right, man. And uh shout out to him for that. But everybody else it's is full time just antics at this point, DK.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And that'll only heighten as we get closer. Moan, it was so good to be over at Heinz Field just now. You told me. And uh, to to be in a in a media room there with with Tomlin and Colbert and no masks, not it, yeah. it was just we were in the media lounge at Heinz Field, just like it was nothing, right? Like the old and days, huh? Except for one thing. What? There was this genuine. What's the word I'm looking for here? Melancholy's too strong, but there's some emotion there. These guys know they're working for the last time, and they will together, and. You could sense that like whenever we'd ask them stuff about the draft or procedures or I asked them about their center depth and stuff like that, they Mm -hmm. came back just like they normally would. As soon as you asked something about this being Kevin's last year, you could see both of them just kind of get a little
1: like this.
0: Yeah, And they talked about the relationship that they have. Uh, Mike Tomlin talked about how whenever they go on the road, they have a certain restaurant that they yep. pick when they're in Mobile or Indianapolis. Tell us about that, because there's no way either of these two were, were going to elaborate on it.
1: No, they they won't, man. And and this is the thing about coaches, coaches and just front office. It's, it's rare, I think, that you find a relationship that they have. Um, I know we throw that word family around fam or just the Steelers way around a lot, but it's, it's true um, I, I, at the table. It'll be Coach Tomlin. It'll be Kev. It'll be Mr. Rooney. You know what I'm saying? And, and then, of course, who Coach Mitchell usually be around that table. It's, it's the meeting of the minds, man. Their relationship I've seen over the years has been one of that. It's been a relationship. Now, they've had some issues. Kev has no problem with coming down from the booth up top, you know, or the, or the owner's box and, and just – start pacing back and forth because he's as passionate as the head coach, as the owners are when it comes down to the production of this team. So those two guys being very much like-minded and how they draft, how they go about the business of the guys they deal with on a day-to-day basis, I think says a whole lot. And again, weathering Ben together, uh, just being completely honest as far as the motorcycle and everything else behind it, weathering the, the uh, athletes that we've had in and out of that building. I don't, I think, if 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 you have two people like the head coach and the GM that are on different pages, when it comes down to balancing, AB, it comes down to balancing Hall of Fame careers like Hines. It comes down to balancing bringing a guy back back like Plexico. I think it goes uh, uh, without saying that they trust one another probably more than any other tandem we've seen in this league. I don't know if there's many GM head coach. Uh, relationships that have been what Kev's and what Coach Tomlin was. So as far as them getting together on away games, they're they're like two peas in a pod almost. Like, Kev, it wouldn't shock me had he tried to be a coach at some point, but I think he's just a better manager. And Coach Tomlin couldn't ask for a better, more passionate football guy. That's one thing Coach Tomlin loves is football guys, and that's what Kev is.
0: Yeah, it's uh, th- their relationship is – I don't know, man. There's a part of me that wants to see a buddy cop movie with the two of them, you know, because it's it's like you see them and you they they don't exactly strike you as similar types. And yet they are. Tomlin's got that that cool to him. Uh, he's got that outgoing, the, the aggressiveness in terms of his gregariousness. It's aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh he's the shouter. Kevin's super quiet. Kevin's in the yeah, shadow. No, and everything uh-uh, else. No.
1: Uh-uh. No, no, no. No. Well, Kev, is, Kev is Kevin is different than that. With no, us he is. But go ahead. Behind the door. Kev is a very passionate. Like I've seen him rip into folks as if he was the coach of a team. Like I've seen Kev say, "Hey, this is how we are going to." Like Kev is it you've never seen him on the sideline like Yelling and fussing as far as the line. flow of the yeah, game. Yeah, I'm talking behind about with the scenes.
0: us in the reporter world.
1: Ke- Kev reminds me of uh Sopranos. Like, like that's uh, the, the, the dad of them all. Like, you don't want to, like, get on that other side when it comes down to Kev. Like, Kev and our relationship is very interesting, too. It's always been cordial with us. Like, he can always talk to me, and we sit there and we do this. But I've seen him with others. And you're like, Whoa. You understand why he picks the way he picks. You understand why he has a method and who actually comes into that building. It's because that's his attitude. That's how he puts stuff together. I'll, I'll say this to and, and and y'all hold me to it if I can't deliver. We'll have to have Cav on here and just have – that conversation of how you went about it. Like that's one thing that I'm adamant about doing is getting him on. You'll be
0: breaking new ground. If you get him to divulge tearing into people as I can't even (laughs) picture.
1: (laughs) That's that's because he's not with the foolishness. That's, That's one thing that I've always said across the board from Mr. Rooney and ambassador to coach Tomlin to Kev is this don't mess with the flow of the actual game. Do everything that you're doing. But the times that guys have actually messed with the flow of the season of the game, I've seen for sure Coach T and Kev both be on the same page as far as their approach to it.
0: Well, I I just I I can't get enough of the two of them and the dynamic that they have together. (laughs) The one thing, though, that they have in common for sure. In all settings is my God, are these football people. They are. I mean, I know that sounds like captain obvious stuff, but this is what they live, eat, sleep and breathe, isn't it? It is.
1: And you know what? Shockingly, a lot of franchises don't have that. You say it's normal for us or it sounds like we're just, you know, broken record saying this. A lot of franchises don't have that cuz I've talked to others who say, "Yeah, we don't
0: have it like that." Wow. When we come back, Ramon's gonna reveal in advance, three days in advance, who the Steelers are taking with the first round pick. And it's gonna be definitive. He totally knows this. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. This segment of the Ramon Show is going to be a recurring theme this week. Uh, We're going to call it, Who's the Guy? And that's because Possibly every day we could have a different one, but Ramon, as long as we're getting started here, who's the guy who gets the call at number 20 overall, or is it even at number 20 overall?
1: You know what I say? If it's 20, of, there will be a run of a position. I honestly think there will be Always a run of linemen. And I think there'll be a run of wide receivers. And because of that, and because certain teams don't necessarily need a quarterback at these positions, Philly's super early, but I don't see them picking a the guy. honestly I do see Carolina picking Kenny Pickett uh with the six overall pick. Um, and I'll say this Saints, when it comes Saints? down, huh?
0: Saints? Saints?
1: No. Uh, the, the Saints uh, could be
0: in on the quarterback thing, too, you know?
1: Saints could be, but I don't think they necessarily will because I think they're going to mortgage everything moving forward with Jameis. I actually oh, do like geez. Jameis. I, I mean, like him.
0: You put I, him in like the right.
1: the, I like the good part. The good parts, of course. Well, well I'll say this. As good as they have been, yeah, they still throw Taysom Hill at quarterback. So <laughs> what's the difference when it comes down to it? Uh, but the guy I have them picking is for sure Malik Willis. Um, if you were to ask me today who I feel confident about them getting from seeing the moves that they've made as far as hiring another quarterback coach to the fact that uh, even Matt Canada, you know, him pretty much saying he's got to get his offense in place. And now this is post Ben era. They're down a quarterback man. Lord rest his soul to uh, Dwayne Haskins. I'd say they go that approach. You get this guy who clearly needs some work. Also time to develop uh mason's probably gonna be coming up on his deal soon and of course you got to figure out what's gonna happen with Trubisky into the next year you got time with this young guy i think it's appropriate that you go ahead and make this move right now because the the thing about the the stillers is this you don't necessarily get an opportunity to be in the top 10 because we're never just that bad last time that happened you went have got a franchise quarterback in being and look how long that's lasted so because of that if you like this guy you love this guy right now you go give him a league willis
0: yeah, that, that's. Uh, I, I think it's it's the clear and obvious target, mm-hmm. whether or not any of us approves of it. Uh, I think that's who they're they're looking at. The closest, by the way, that Tomlin and or Colbert came to uh, giving any kind of signals at all was acknowledging <laughs> the patently obvious, which is that they did spend extra time on the quarterback position uh, yeah. in their preparation for the draft and. Notably, I thought Colbert described it, meaning this process, as similar to the one that they undertook at running back last year. Now, yeah. again, there's another, you know, everybody's looking for clues mm-hmm. with these statements. And there's, well, okay, well, they were looking for a running back last year. Guess what they ended up with? This is a a little different. (laughs) Yeah, but this is different because Najee, I think everybody knew Najee was going to be there. It was either going to be him or Travis Etienne. If somebody was going to take one, going to take the other, sure enough, they did go back to back. Yeah. But there wasn't anybody in front of them that was going to take a running back in the first round. Okay? No. This is different. This is different, and it might involve having the move. It it, it may, and and maybe that's part of Kev's last
1: stand too as far as being the GM for this team. I just don't see him giving up too much because the guy behind him, whoever that's going to be, maybe B. Hunt, maybe Omar Khan, maybe it's both of them together. Maybe it's Lewis Riddick you don't want to put them behind the eight ball when it comes down to them doing their job. So the mortgage so much away as, as if you don't have to continue this franchise, this organization moving and staying above the line, as far as competing, I can't see them just giving up that much when it comes down to trying to move a few spots to get a quarterback.
0: Well, I I don't know. I I think they might have to, I mean, look, once you, once you clear, you know, once you clear the Panthers, you've got a really good chance of getting your yeah. guy. The Saints, though, are at 16, and the Steelers are at 20. And if you get any kind of inclination, and, and you're mm-hmm. right, the, the Saints look like they're going to, they might not take a quarterback. But if you get any kind of inclination, and this is your guy, and all you got to do is leapfrog up to... You know where Philadelphia is, or yeah, where that. where Minnesota is. What are you giving up? Is it? It's not going to be as much as you gave up for Devin Bush when you gave up a third and a fifth, right? That's
1: that's, that's very true, man. It's it's a matter of moving a few spots. I I, I would prefer Kev not to move right there, and if you get them, you get them, and if not, you got Mitch, and we'll see how that shake out during the season. I just wouldn't mortgage it this year with you on your way out. It's like, why burn down a house when you're moving out? You know, I I, I look towards the future and, and consistency of winning more than anything when it comes to
0: us. Yeah, no question about that. When we come back, the Back to the Ramon Foster show. It's time for the Hey Moan segment. The only segment anybody really cares about, right, Moan?
1: Exactly, man. They they wait till the end to get to this segment. I appreciate it, too.
0: (laughs) The whole show could be a Hey Moan, right? In in a manner of speaking. (laughs)
1: Uh, This
0: one comes from KP, who says, with an exclamation point, with gusto, Hey Moan, draft-related question, with all, and he spells out all the L's, The media leading up to the draft and all the professionals giving their take as a player in general. Do you listen to all of that and get bothered if someone criticizes your college play or do players ignore it? Do they tend to ignore it?
1: Uh, You get both.
0: Uh, You hear (laughs) it. You you do.
1: You hear it and get aggravated. You do. And then you hear so much that you start to tune it out and you start to care Less and less about what they're saying. Um, The the lead up to the draft, man, and and I'm sure specifically for the top 10 guys this year, this is what's so unique about it. You can draft almost any of these guys at number one through 10, and it will still make sense for each one of these teams. If I told you Aiden Hutchinson was going number one, you probably go, yeah. If I told you Kenny Pickett was probably going to Detroit, you probably say, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing goes for Sauce Gardner and Travon Walker and, and Iki Ekwanu. Like, all across the board, any one of these guys can go number one overall. Evan Neal's another one. From him being the top uh, tackle in the, in the draft to him being potentially number five and number six to Carolina. It's a whole matchup of what do you actually listen to until it actually happens. So, for the guys that are going through this process, you'll tune it out and only start to listen to the people that are around you. Um, and and that's just the beauty of what this is. And I guess you can kind of say it's where part of your ego stroke starts to kind of heighten up a little bit, too, because the people that you're going to listen to are the ones that that know you the closest and are going to tell you the best things you want to hear about yourself. Now, when it comes down to the critiquing and just uh, how you start to break down guys when it comes and uh, to the draft is it's more or less what's actually real. And then you start to despise media a little bit because they'll say something that's so far off base. You're like, I can't listen to these guys. But at the same time, it ticks you off, pisses you off enough. You're like, screw this. I can't wait to prove them wrong, you know? so <laughs> There's a
0: combination, yeah.
1: It's a combination of it all. And, and, and by the time you get to the night of the draft, and I know I wasn't going in the first round, but even still there's the hope of whatever they said was wrong. What if somebody actually liked me a little bit more than what this media type said they hated about me? And it's just, wherever it falls, it will, man. And it's it's challenging, but everybody, if they're smart that's around you, will tell you this. You still gotta go out and prove it. Block out the nonsense. If they like you, they like you, and go do your job.
0: And the biggest difference in emotional reactions, the players that I've Interviewed in my role over the years. When it comes to draft critiques, or for that mm-hmm. matter, even once you're in the NFL and an established player, those kinds of critiques is when it veers from professional, meaning how you perform, mm-hmm. to personal, meaning what kind of character you are. And character seems to come up more with draft prospects than it yeah. does with players who are actually in the NFL. We very routinely, In this business, on this side of the fence, discuss people's character as if this is like, as if either we or Mel Kiper or whoever is qualified to judge, you know, someone's uh, integrity and who they are on the inside based on what. That's been the nasty reactions that I've heard the nastiest reactions that I've heard from players.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And and because of that, I mean, you got to think, though, if you're a businessman and you're trying to and you're going to invest 20-plus million dollars into a first-round draft pick, you got to say, I want to know a, a, a little bit about this guy. It's not like a free agent as far as it's been in the league for a while. Mm-hmm. I've been around you two, three, four years, so I know who you are and how you're going to handle it. Well, they got to do the work, Moan. They got to yeah, do the work. They got to do yeah, the, the work. Yeah, teams they had do. To. Some of they find stuff out. We, we don't exactly. They know everything. Okay. they legitimately know everything. And the other part of it is, is when you have that rogue pick, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, what happened with Pac-Man and his rookie contract. Like there was a bunch of stuff they brought up around that turned out to be a little bit true. When he finally got some money in this league, the most atrocious one of them all to me, being that I cover the Titans here in Tennessee, Isaiah Wilson. Like, they gave that kid however many million dollars and he didn't last a year in the NFL. So that's why they ask those questions and right, wronger, indifferent, DK. That's just part of how the process goes when you're about to hand over millions of dollars. They do the same thing I've seen as far as the NFL PA goes. You know, when they're looking for a new executive director, they break down everything from uh, arrest records to, to um, frigging uh, credit scores. So it's just that we broadcast our stuff as far as the NFL goes.
0: It's a it's a different world and it's a different challenge. But I, I also like to remind people who and I understand there's X amount of empathy and sympathy that goes into the process uh, whenever you're thinking about what NFL players or potential NFL players go through. But I'll always remind that this is their chosen field and they know it's going to be tough and they know it's a minefield it is, it is, it's exactly that, hoping you don't
1: step on a bomb DK, when it comes down to your pick or even your team
0: remember this week we're doing Ramon shows as if it's like going into perpetuity, meaning we're going to have one running all the way through the weekend so that we can keep you uh, you know, current all through the Steelers draft so there will be seven Monitor, let's 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 tune it up, DK. Okay? Tomorrow.